We're continuing this morning in our discussion of God's extra-Trinitarian love. And we're going to be using, well, first of all, his extra-Trinitarian love. Remember, extra means out from, going out. His extra-Trinitarian love is the way he communicates his personal love, that love which is indigenous to him, intrinsic to him, that love which is his very nature. Remember, we've done a lot of discussion, and if you've forgotten some of this and perhaps don't remember some of the emphases and the uh, significance of God's love as it relates to the other attributes of God, go back and look at these things. I think we continually need to be reminded of what God's love is in relation to the other attributes of God. Otherwise, we tend to categorize or isolate God's love from the rest of his attributes and make of God's love what it is not. And so continually have maybe the list of the attributes at least that we discussed. And I think there were six or seven of them. And have love as each of these attributes, immutable love. God's love is what? unchangeable. God's love is sovereign. God's love is omnipotent. God's love is omniscient. Remember those? Remind yourselves of this. Continually do this because the devil will always want to weaken our understanding of what the love of God is, to take it away even a little bit and remove it from the essentialness of his own character, of his own nature. Amen? So the extra Trinitarian love is the way God communicates that love which exists within the Trinity among the three persons of God. I've said it a hundred times, and I'll say it a thousand more times because this is the very essence of being created in the image of God. This is what God's purpose is, to have a people of his love who are reflective of the love that he has in himself. I think this is possibly the most basic gospel content we can have and that love is contained in and manifested in and displayed in and given to us in Christ the son of God's love or the beloved son and so this extra trinitarian love of God explains the way he imparts or implants if you would I like that word so I go back and forth the way he imparts or implants and then develops or grows or matures the nature of his own love. And so I'm going to begin to use the nature of his love. There's a lot about the nature of God, as we've talked about, but we're accentuating this aspect of God, his nature being the nature of love. It's not the only aspect of his nature, but is the aspect that we're emphasizing the most. And God's goal in this What is the goal of God in implanting his nature in us, in maturing his nature in us? The goal of this can be stated in several different ways. But one of the ways that I really like is stated in Romans 8.29. Do you remember what Romans 8.29? What God has predestined, what? Has predetermined that we be conformed to the image of his own son. Why his son? Colossians 1.15, because Jesus, remember, he, the son, is the image 
of the invisible God. And we are created to be the image bearers. Genesis 1.26. We're putting the whole Bible together here. We do that. Genesis 1.26. We were created to be God's image bearers. Let us make man in our image. And so we are created to be in the image of God. But Christ is the image of God. So you see. So as we are being conformed in our nature and in the activity of that nature of God being love to Christ himself who is the visible living love of God in humanity and for humanity God is fulfilling his creative purpose this is why we created for this purpose this is where the glory of God dwells it dwells or it manifests itself principally in his love and so in this way, God has glorified through us his image bearers. We talk a lot about the glory of God in this church. And so what we're going to be doing is using Galatians 5, to 23. Remember, we discussed that a little bit last week as our text to explain the activity of God's extra Trinitarian love. That's where we're going to be. And so if you have a Bible or if it may be in your notes, let's look at, the, let's look at that text. So Paul in this text beginning in in chapter 5 Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 he begins to talk about the works of the flesh you remember that some of you may remember the text the whole text talks about the works of the flesh and he begins to give us a delineation a listing of the activities which manifest the works of the flesh now just for a moment I don't have this in our notes the works of the flesh or the works that are generated and we need to get this real clear. The works of the flesh are not just oh, bad people. The works of the flesh are any work that we do generated by our own fallen, self-centered love. Now, may I repeat that? The works of the flesh or the activities that we do that are generated by our own fallen, self-centered love. Now, that's not in your notes. And so why do I emphasize that? Because when we read something like the works of the flesh, Celeste, we, we, we categorize, we say, well, I don't do that. I, I, I'm not guilty of any of those things. You see, Patsy, I, I, I'm not, you know, once in a while a little bit on this one. But basically, no, if we're not in Christ and if we're not living out from the love of God, we're generating works of the flesh. So what does Jesus say? On the day of judgment, all of our works will be what? Judged. All of the works that are hay, wood, and stubble are the works that are generated by human love. Because remember, everything we do is because of love. Either generated because of self-love or generated by the love of God in us. Everything we do, love is the principal motive of our lives. And if we're doing it generated out of self-love, Jesus said, it's going to do what, Linda? It's going to burn, baby. You're going to burn. Not us personally, but the works are going to burn. Why? Because God does not and cannot accept any works of self-centered, fallen, sinful, God-rejecting love to enter his kingdom and to be approbated, you know, to be praised, to be approved. 
He's not going to do it. And again, to make sure, and I think we're having this happen in our class, to make sure that we are more clearly every day differentiating for our own relationship with God as to why am I doing what I'm doing, thinking what I'm thinking, saying what I'm saying, going where I'm going. Why am I doing that? What was my motive? Now, Jeremiah 17, 18 says the heart is wicked and we cannot know it. I think it's 17, 18. One of you may want to look that up. I can't figure it out most of the time. Can all of you figure out all the things that you do and the reasons why? So what do we do? We ask the Holy Spirit, show me why. Show me why. Show me the base of whatever that is. And the more clearly we get this and understand this, the more the Holy Spirit is working in us to conform us to the image of God's Son, Romans 8, 29. And so the passage in Romans 5, 22, the works of the flesh over here. Now, Paul says, now let me show you the works of God. And so he begins this way. What? The fruit of the Spirit. The word fruit, karpos, is singular. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's fruit. It's singular. It's a collective noun. It's singular. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, I, when, I don't want to do what I, I, I won't do this morning, what I think, I, what I hope, what I will do next week, what I want to do this morning, but I won't do that. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. You can stop there. The fruit of the Spirit is love. So let's, let's spend this morning just looking at those words or that phrase. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Because this is the foundation. And if we don't get the foundation, we cannot start walking in the activity because we're going to sink. So let's look at the foundation. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Can you memorize that? Romans 5.22. Can we memorize that? Let's say it together. The fruit of the Spirit is love. One more time, class. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, did, did somebody not say it? Some of you didn't say it. You want me to point you out? Let's all say it together. I can see who's saying it. And I'm going to say, somebody, you say it. So let's say it together. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, who's love? God's intra-Trinitarian love. It is the love that the Son of God, the love that he had for the Father and the Father had for the Son, is manifested to us and is made a reality in us in the incarnation in the man, Jesus Christ, right? When we look at that man, we see the living, breathing, working ministry, love of God. That is the love of God that is being placed into us and developed into us, amen? His own love is now planted into us by the Spirit, Romans 5, 5, and is now being developed in us by the Holy Spirit. I'm jumping ahead a little bit by Romans 12, 2. Now, before we consider 
the deference of God, and I want to talk about the deference of God in another time, the condescension, the lowering of God, the humility of God. That is revealed in the past. I want to first make sure we're on a foundation, so let's look at it. The most important phrase in this passage is the fruit of the Spirit is love. So in this phrase, we learn the source of love, the purpose of love, the power of God's love, and the product of God's love. That's what we see here. Now, we're going to do this just today, and, you know, we'll continue on. What is the source of God's love within us? Critical, critical. You see, if you ask average Christians, this is what we get. God wants me, may I say it again with an emphasis, James, in the place that I want to emphasize. God wants me, me, to love him. Right, Anton? That's right, isn't it, Troy? Anna, right? He wants me to love him. But when the emphasis is on me rather than on he, we can't do it. We can't do it. That's how you say it. We can't. We can't do it. And so immediately the Holy Spirit tells us in this passage, what is the source of God's love in us? Come on, come on. How many of you know the source of God's love? The Holy Spirit. Who is the love of God in me? Who is it? Cody, who is he? Holy Spirit. Now, we know that hopefully theologically. Do we know it theologically? Can we get it this morning? Mary, who is the love of God in you? The Holy Spirit. Is that what you were saying through that mask? Right? Everybody got that? Judy, who is the Holy Spirit in you? Holy, I mean, who is the love of God in you? The Holy Spirit, right? Right. Now, we have it theologically. Is everybody set on theological foundation here? Jackie, are you set on that? Make sure Angel's set on that. We make sure. Warren, are you set on that? Who's the love of God in you, brother? Holy Spirit. Phyllis? Holy Spirit. Jason? Holy Spirit. We have it theologically, but we don't have it practically. Now, we have to have it primarily, initially, theologically. That's the foundation that we're building the house on. The theology is always a foundation. And you can't build a house on sand that's going to stand, Matthew 7, unless you build it, you know, without theological foundation. You have to have the Word of God. The phrase, the fruit of the Spirit, shows that we do not have the nature of God's love in us by birth. Okay. How many of you know that we were not born containing or possessing the love of God? We were born by the Father's love or according to the love of the Father for us before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1.4, correct? We were born because of God's love for us before the foundation of the world. He birthed us in love because he knew us 
having chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we would be in Christ, correct? But that doesn't mean we are birthed with the love of God in us. You see the difference. We have to be careful. Many believers get off track here. They believe God has always loved me. Has God always loved us? Yes. Ephesians 1, 4, when, David? Before the foundation of the world. Mine is a what? Love? An everlasting love. And many believe that God has always loved me. And you can say, that's true. If you have always been a child of God. But that doesn't mean even for the children of God that God's love has always been in me. And these are, conf- these, these are truths that are confusing or confused or jumbled up by too many believers. You've heard people, haven't you? have heard people talk this way, amen? Anybody in here? And we've all done it perhaps. We were born without the nature of God's love. Ephesians 2, 3, we were by nature, what? Children of wrath. What does that mean? That the wrath of God was upon us until we were born again. Now, we don't go into all of that, what that means. But what that does mean that we were born to be the children of God's love. However, even before even though we were born to be the children of God's love, before we were birthed into his kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit, the wrath of God was against us. Amen? In other words, we weren't born saved, Harold. I wasn't born a Christian. I was born an atheist. I was born anti-God. Romans 5, 5, 6, and 5, 10, I have it here. We were ungodly. We were enemies. You see, this means that our love, our human love, is not only incompatible with God's love, it is actively antagonistic to God's love. Those who say they do not believe in Jesus as Christ, but they still love God are, and I'll use the word that the Apostle John uses, are liars. Isn't it interesting how these men of God don't understand what grace and kindness is when they say that kind of a thing? Don't alienate the people you're witnessing to. Well, no, don't you alienate them. Let the word of God do it. Right? Be sweet and say, you know, Anna, I've known you a long time, but you're a liar. Or better, Anna, I've known you a long time, but you know what? What you just said, the word of God says, you're a liar. Do, do we see it? Do we see it, Floyd? I've known you years, and I've watched you, and I really care about you. You're my friend. But what you just said there, or the way you're living, the word of God says you are a liar, a thief rebellious I'm not being nasty to them am I I'm being sweet as pie I'm smiling let the word of God judge our sin and condemn it reveal it 
So you see, this means that the Holy Spirit is the divine source of God's love in us. Now, you say, well, okay, why would you spend your time talking about it? Because most of the time we don't believe it and we don't act it. Am I right? Come on, come on. We let something happen to us, and, man, we get going, and we say this, and we do that, and we the other way. We have just jettisoned the Holy Spirit and told him, you just sit down on the side over there, buddy, and I'm going to do the talking because this is my time. And I'm going to show. Haven't we done that? And if we say, do you believe the Holy Spirit is God's love? Oh, yes, 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 brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But let me turn back here and let me let this person know what I really think of him. Oh, we don't functionally believe it. We functionally too often we function as we don't have the Holy Spirit. Too often we function in a way that we don't have the Holy Spirit. Functionally. We're functionally too often atheists. We do not believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's how we function, Donnie, too often. Amen? So it's important. Yes, he is a source. But we have to continually remind ourselves and confess it over and over and over. Holy Spirit, you are God's love in me, and you are the one who produces God's love in me and who deals with my love and overcomes it. Will you do that today? Be dependent upon him. Recognize him. Acknowledge him. Call upon him. Embrace him. Yield to him continually. purpose of God's spirit in Luke 24 48 to 49 Jesus tells the disciples you are witnesses of these things and behold I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you but stay in the city until you are endued or clothed with power from on high and then remember in Acts 1 8 what you will receive power when I always remember King James when that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and when you learned it that way, it's kind of hard to say it in these other translations, so you have to forgive me on that. You shall receive power when that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power! We want the power of God. I want the power of God. Hallelujah! I do too. But power essentially for what? Power to be Jesus' witness. And what was the witness of Jesus to the world. Father, that they may know that I love you. Do you remember that in John 17? That's the power. That's the witness that primarily Jesus imaged in a, as a man. Not the power to raise the dead. That was a, a, an activity of his love for God. The power to open blind eyes was an activity or a sign or a proof or an authentication of the son's love for the father. The words that he spoke were words that authenticated and enumerated his love for the father. Walking on water was a demonstration I love the Father, and the Father loves me. Therefore, I demonstrate it by walking on water. 
by telling you, hey, y'all ain't caught nothing all night. Put your net on the other side, and they get all these fish. The winds and the storms of Satan come against him, and it was really a demonic storm if you read the way Mark puts it, and the winds and the storms come against him, and he stands up. He's sleeping in a boat, for goodness sake, and he says, be muzzled. That's the Greek. Be muzzled. Put it on you. Shut your mouth. Why does he do that? Why does he do it? He does it to save the disciples. But why does he do it? To demonstrate what? I've come because I love the Father. And I've been sent because the Father loves me. You see, it's all about the love that exists among these three divine equal persons. And he does all these works as a man by the power of the Holy Spirit who loves the Father, who loves the Son, whom they love, and who now empowers Jesus in love to demonstrate in a man the love of God. Can we say amen? Not to me. To the truth of who God is and what he's doing. This is the power. I've given you power. You need power. I can't love my wife the right way. Are you kidding the way she acts? I can't love her the right way unless I have supernatural power. Mary, can you say amen that about Harold? Mary actually came more animated. The other answer Yes, you should have seen her, Harold. She almost fell out of a chair. She probably, you know, her, her neck needs a brace now. She will later. Harold's going to respond to Mary in love. Do we see this? What was I talking about? I don't remember now. Somebody got me off track. Where was I? Help me. Hmm? Oh, power to love. How can I love this woman? I can't. I cannot. And Jean can't love Peter. She cannot. Except both of us be given the ability by birth new birth, and then the power to exercise, to yield to, to walk with that ability in the Holy Spirit to love one another in the same way that Jesus loved the Father. Do we see this? I don't have that nature, David. It ain't, I ain't got it. I need a new nature in me. So that brings us to this. Jesus said, you're going to receive power when that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Too many Pentecostals at least think that means hutata, speaking in tongues and miracles. Well, it does as a secondary demonstrative issue. The power that we need is to be given a new nature and to begin to live out of that new nature. That's the power. 
And when that power comes upon us, then we will be able to do miracles and speak in tongues, etc. Do we see that? You see, we were born, what? With a nature devoid of any love of God in us. Not the love of God toward us. Didn't say that. The love, these prepositions, you've got to go back and study your grammar. Come on. The love of God, not toward me, but the love of God, what? In me. Do we see the distinction here? Some of you didn't make straight A's in English, I can tell. We were born with a nature that was devoid of the activity of God's love. This means that in order for us to possess the nature of Jesus' own love. Do we get it? Jesus' own love. His own love for the Father and the Father's own love for him. In order for us to have that nature, we must be given a new nature or the new nature. New to us because we don't have it. Not new to Jesus because he's the son of God in human form. But new to us. We must give, be given a new nature. We must be spiritually reconstituted. Not whitewashed and repaired, but totally rebuilt. How do you rebuild this house? The old nature must be demolished and what? Removed and a new nature be set in the place of the old nature. Do we get that? He's not improving my old nature. He is removing my old nature and replacing it with his own nature. And this is where we go wrong. We believe that the love of God in me now, some way, Jesus comes alongside and he says, okay, Peter, let me take you by the hand and we're going to walk through life. <clears throat> and every time you are not loving the right way, I'm going to say, come on, Peter, come on, do a little better. Come on, do a little Try, Harold, try a little better. Come on, Celeste, you did it. You know, ask me for some improvement here. And okay, maybe I can. That's not what we're called to do. The Holy Spirit comes in us, AJ, to shut down our old nature. Shut it down. Demolish it. Sweep it away. Any to what? Replace it with the nature of the Lord Jesus himself. Who does this? Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The Spirit's work. The necessity stated in this phrase, the fruit of the Spirit, shows us that Galatians 5, 22 and 23 is not about our improving our old original love this is pandemic in the church just do better try harder pray more how many times we've heard these things how many we need to be better about loving god i can't love god unless the holy spirit in me generates that love of God through me with my faith cooperation walking with him and then allowing him to express God's love in and through me as I am cooperating with that work of expressing God's love in and through me don't you see you see the fact of the matter is what does Romans 5 5 say For the love of God 
What love? This love. For the love of God has been what? Poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So if we are born again people, do we have a new nature or the new nature of the love of the Lord Jesus in us? Do we or not? Yes. Yes. I don't have to ask for any more love. I've said this before. If the pipe ain't working, I don't ask the water board to put in more water in the pipe. (sighs) My pipe ain't working. I turned it on. It ain't working. Kevin has done this a few times. That's why he's kind of putting his head down. He calls the water board and says, my pipe's not working. No water's coming out. Would you add more water to my pipe? (laughs) That's asking God for more love. Come on, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many of us have asked God for more love? Come on. Stop it. It's futile. It's silly. James, how can you get more of that which you got? What you need is more of the love of God flowing through you. But it's in you, brother. And the Holy Spirit is in you. And you didn't get just 4%, 8%, even 50%. You got 100% of the love of God when you were born into God's kingdom by the Spirit. Rosa, do you believe that? Say it again. You have 100% of the love of God in you, girl. So where are we on this? That love has to begin to be manifested in us. That plant has to grow in us. So when we plant an acorn in New Orleans, is acorn, everywhere else is acorn. When you plant the acorn in the ground, how much of the acorn is in the ground? Patsy, how much? All of it. Do we need more acorn in the acorn? Phyllis? No, we don't need more acorn. Now we need the acorn to begin to do what? Grow. Fruit grow. Why do I emphasize this? Because, you see, for years we have been thinking and understanding aberrantly off incorrectly so this is the necessity of the new birth why did Jesus say you must be born again in John 3 3 if you're going to see the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is the kingdom of God's loving people you have to be born again being born again is regenerating Remember, a new, 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 new genesis, regeneration, a new genesis work of the Holy Spirit in giving us the new heart of nature or nature of God's love. The Holy Spirit must put the new nature of God's love in us. He must do it. I think in your notes you have Ezekiel 36 in there, 25 to 27. Look at it. It doesn't say, I, I, for me. It says, God, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And everything that he's going to do, this sprinkling and this cleansing and his removal of the stone with the flesh, stone meaning the old heart, flesh meaning the new, everything is predicated on the end of, what is it, verse 27, I will put a new what? You know, I will give you my Holy Spirit, right? Isn't that the end, right? In the beginning of verse 27. How am I going to do all this? How is it going to work? My spirit, my spirit, 
This is what Jesus is talking about in Acts 1.8. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is what he's talking about. This is the new birth. And what is the proof of this birth? And I will cause you to walk in my statues and you will be careful to observe my commandments. In other words, love is always demonstrated through loving, joyful obedience. So John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? You will obey my commandments. He goes on to say, I have obeyed my father's commandments. I love my father. How do you know that? Because I've been doing what he told me to do. <clears throat> In this way, the spirit is conforming us to the image of God's son. In fulfillment of his original intention of yes, 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 always. Genesis 126. 126 begins to be fulfilled officially on the day of Pentecost. Amen? Yes. 126 begins to be fulfilled when? On the day of Pentecost. So next, I plan to share how the Holy Spirit cultivates the nature of God's love in us by his power through the obedience of his work. And I put down the verse that we'll be using incompatibility with Gen Galatians 5 22 and 23 thank you so much for being regular in here we pray that the Holy Spirit is not just making this an academic exercise of understanding something but a living transformation within us amen so that we can literally be those who demonstrate God's love in us and through us thank you